I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship with your host, Claudia Pauls. Hello and welcome back to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship. Today we are privileged to have Pamela Humes with us. She is the Director of Educational Outreach at Regen Next, which mm -hmm. we'll talk about here quite a bit. Uh, Pamela, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here. We uh, Well, first let's talk about you because mm -hmm. I know what you have to say is so um, inspiring and going mm -hmm. to help lots of our listeners. But let's talk a little bit about who you are and how you've gotten to where you are today. Okay, thank you uh, again for the opportunity. Who I am, I am what I do. Okay, let's go with that. What I do, I am the Director of Educational Outreach, but that is actually for an organization called Alternatives Care Centers. I'm the Project Director for Regen Next. Okay. Um, I oversee educational programming for students in middle schools and high schools, uh, also on college campuses with our team of educators. I love to say team. There's two of us. Okay. <laughs> two is right. a team. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, as well as we do parent um, education, uh, working with social service agencies and, and families um, to help them reunify. You know, sometimes families walk through some things. So um, we we try to help them to understand the importance of parent perspective and mm -hmm. how what we do as parents actually sets the pace for our kids. Um, Alternatives, I will tell you, is a, a faith-based organization. No apologies for that. There shouldn't be. Uh, yeah, we are actually a pro-life organization. No apologies for that mm -hmm. either. But what I tell everyone uh, is you better know we can handle secular business. Uh, because we do uh, all have alphabet letters behind our names. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. We, um, uh, so we always put school administrators, um, I think, at ease by letting them understand that. We have no other agenda when we come in those doors or when we are speaking to your students other than teaching health, mm -hmm. teaching healthy relationships, covering the gamut. We meet, uh, we're not afraid to, um, how should I say this? We're not afraid to talk about comprehensive sex ed. And maybe I'm throwing that in because I'm a little ticked right now about some things that are being talked about. Here's the thing with that. We are never going to encourage teens to engage in risk behavior, which includes teen sexual activity, Absolutely. as well as drinking, as well sure. as drugging. But we're not afraid to give information either. We're just never going to encourage or do anything, say anything that puts walls between 
parents and kids. It's not about, hey, you can confidentially go get these things, right. you know, behind your parents' back. I know that's legal. Ethically, we can't do that. I can't do that because I'm about building relationship between parents and kids. I'm sorry if some households are struggling in that, but I still can't do that. I'm a parent, mm -hmm. okay? And that totally ticked me off when I heard that that was what was going on. Well, <laughs> and just because you don't talk about something is not going to ensure it doesn't happen. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's amazing. So, again, we, I, I like to say we come from the perspective of teaching kids how not to engage mm -hmm. in sex, mm -hmm. not how to engage in sex or other risk behaviors. Well, and believing That's that it's it. okay not to engage because yeah. if you've got peer pressure and everything else going on, it's nice to have another outlet for that. Them. That's exactly it. And and again, I I have no problem with risk avoidance education, and that's what I think I'm angry at right now because everyone is trying to miscategorize it mm -hmm. um, as the old school, you know, abstinence education, which it is not. Uh, to be quite honest, old school abstinence education made me a little tight, okay? The way um, yeah. folks talked about yeah, it. Yeah. And I have young people, well, they're grown at this point, when I begin to engage them about that, um, I have to give them a hug because some of the things that were told to them back in the day, it, it hurts. It hurts. The whole... Here's a, a white, clean, pristine tennis shoe. Here's a dirty tennis shoe over here. Which one would you choose? Okay, what? <laughs> I, I don't think so. And all of that, how we engage students in processing their, their sexuality, processing what they believe to be healthy, even whether or not they see value when they have made a mistake, mm -hmm. how do you come back from mm -hmm. that? that totally sets their mindset into the choices that they're going to make for future relationships. Well, and we need I think, to be mindful of that. Right. I think teens need to realize that learning about their emotions and their body and their health mm -hmm. is every bit as important as learning math, science, and exactly. English. And exactly. And it's all happening to them at the same time. So it's not, well, this is a taboo one. We're going to kind of talk about it. That's right. Of course not. They're all, it's a unique person. They're going to be a whole person when they're done. That's so. exactly it. Or continuing, I guess, and we're never done. But yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. But the way that we engage. Mm -hmm. Again, I and I encourage parents all the time, find out what is being taught to your kids. Um, and if it is from a comprehensive perspective, be mindful what is in comprehensive or most programs is also information to try to help kids to navigate. I'm, I'm trying to stay away from the word coerce, okay, mm -hmm. but, but move into sexual activity, which... Um, some kids do. Okay, mm -hmm. some kids mm -hmm. do. The majority of kids, however, are not at this point. We've got 60-40 with maybe 10% of the 40% who are actually engaging, um, only doing it once or twice because they feel pressure. If I can get that one child, you know, that 10% right. that to be able to say, stop pushing up on me. I'm not going to do that. That's a huge <laughs> right. victory right there. It mm -hmm. is. And it can help set, again, healthy emotional thinking in place so that they don't have to deal with the baggage of, I don't know, everybody knows what the baggage is, uh, STDs, pregnancy, um, emotional consequences. That well, can... and everything that we talk about also with, you know, what's going on at home, what's going exactly. on with relationships. Right. There's a lot of pressure from all avenues. A lot. 
and and if you are not mature enough to balance that it can totally lead you into abusive situations because you are spending your time trying to figure out why do I feel the way I do Mm -hmm. trying to get validation from other people who don't necessarily care okay about how you feel Mm -hmm. because it's pretty much about how I feel Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay how how they feel in the moment it's about me um, and and not necessarily about trying to help you heal so what we want kids to do is just hold up you know be willing to wait get through this period of what is it questioning that that's it period of questioning who you are I, I tell kids, don't lose yourself in someone else before you find yourself. Oh, wow. And that's what this period is for. So if we can get more young females specifically, but I talk to young sons too, because sons can be abused as well. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, young men can be used. Yes, they can. <laughs> as well. So I just need everybody just waiting and maturing, finding out how to choose healthy relationships so we give them some some tips on how to do that and you come into schools and do this with we kids? do we That's come wonderful. into schools we have um, youth organizations come through our uh, facility we do what we call a region next tour um, so we give them opportunity to see and understand from a tour perspective especially when we do it at uh, other pregnancy care centers Um, to understand the full scope of what it means to be pro-life. It is not just the political issue that Mm -hmm. we hear in the atmosphere uh, at this point. It is valuing life, valuing existence from beginning to end. So it is, uh, again, the the anti-abortion part, that's a part of it. But the rest of it is, mom, you are valuable. No doubt about it. Your your voice needs to be heard. But there's a new life that's coming that's valuable too. So just think about that. It's parents with children who have special needs. Mm-hmm. Those special needs children are beautiful. It's those who are in prison. Are we serving them as well? Because they are valuable. It's It's the children in foster care, okay, who are looking for a home they are valuable. It's the elderly. It's, it's from a biblical perspective, widows and orphans. It is life overall. It's even confronting racism because we are all created in the image of God, but we are all created different. We look different, but we do not mock our creator by having racist attitudes against each other. Or do we mock our differences, exactly. Uh, oh, that, mm-hmm. That's not it. And so that is the full scope of pro-life, which people don't understand either. So, you know, we spend a lot of our time um, regenerating thinking when it comes to that, too. And this is Regen Next that you're talking. So yeah. let's kind of discuss that in itself yeah. and how that has come to be and yeah. where you're going. When I um, came to Alternatives, I actually had... I was really just looking for a place where I could do an independent study project. I had gone back to school, (laughs) and um, after a very, um, the end of a 20-year relationship, you wanted to know my story, a 20-plus year marriage had come to an end. Mm. Okay. And, um, but during that time, uh, I went back to school to to complete what had started 20-plus years before and got into education and was looking for a place to land. 
And when I was interviewing with the executive director at Alternatives, it was because I had a, a parenting program in place that I wanted to try to roll out. But our conversation went to another place that, that I had never experienced before in a job interview situation. Um, and it, we ended up talking for, I don't know, it was, it was a couple hours. It, it was cool. And after we connected, the executive director at the time kind of said, I'm, I want to share something with you. And this was something that was on his heart, which was the idea of region, Regeneration Next. And um, I, it, something just stirred in me. And the, the job that I was interviewing for, I actually did not get. He, he called me and he said, um, look, I, I want to let you know, you made it to the top two, but I'm not, I, uh, you're not going to get this job, but give me two weeks. Give me two weeks. And I was like thinking, I got like $13.49 right. left in my account right. and two kids right. <laughs> I'm having to cover. But there was something in me that, that and I know it was, it was the spirit was just yes. like. We're always placed in the right place yeah, at the right time. Let's just, let's just wait. And I did, and he called me back, and he was like, I want you to leave education. I, I see this. I see that you're the one. And he was the first time any, in an interview situation anybody said, actually, God showed me you were the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. And I'm like, you know what? I can swing with that. Let's step out on faith and let's go. And that was 2010, and here we are nine years later, and Regen Next has become, again, just in 2018, they made it an LLC um, because the things that we were doing on the DL, you know, started to really uh, take shape. Uh, we, were, we got some national attention. This past summer, um, we were invited to present a poster presentation at the Adolescent Pregnancy Prevention um, conference in New Orleans in June. And that's for 700 plus um, federal grant recipients from across the board as far as sexual health goes, those who are comprehensive sex ed as well as those who are sexual risk avoidance. Here's the thing about that. We had actually gone for that funding and been denied the funding. And you're the presenter at Hello. Wow. What? (laughs) What? So it wasn't even about the cash. We're not worried about that. It was about the information. That's Mm -hmm. what's supposed to be out there. So it's it's that's why I count this as a blessing, you know, too, to be able to kind of share what it is that we're doing. Um, What you're attacking is is very important. Making sure that folks understand. Yes, you are in an abusive relationship. Here's what I think you need to think about because it's their decision whether or not they're going to leave. No one can can decide that for someone. And I think that's the scary thing about the cycle. The thing, well, I don't want to say scary. I, can you tell I'm kind of wired as a warrior? Very few things scare me. No, that's a good thing. Um, what, what I find heartbreaking, I think, is that folks can get into a cycle and not be able to see beyond it because I think they don't they don't see themselves they don't see their value and they don't realize they have choice uh, that's it and yes. and and you get stuck in this uh, well it is it's a cycle of abuse because there's hope but there's hope for change in the other person and you're not really looking at maybe there's something that you need to change mm-hmm. wow I have not ever thought of it that way before yeah yeah so it's yeah, the things that we are called to do and talk about with young people before they get there 
and how we are called to love on those who may be in it, <laughs> all right, and mm-hmm. have not made the choice. Um, yeah, you got to be you got to be ready for that and be able to compassionately and empathetically meet them where they are. And to be able to talk about when when you are making decisions like that, a decision to break that cycle mm-hmm. is not just well, I need the other person to change, but so much change that has to take place within Correct. before that decision can be made. Correct. That that's it. And and especially when there's a dangerous situation, and if you have children who are growing up in that. Um, sometimes we as adults don't think about the trauma that we are putting on our children because they're seeing and walking through our mm-hmm. our mess. The trauma that you are going through. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so a, a part of my you know heart call too is is opening parents' eyes to the fact that it's not just us anymore. As soon as children come through us, our perspective has to change. And what what is the definition of the word perspective? What is that? Oh, it's a test now. Mm-hmm. How you view things. Yeah, how you view things. When it is just us, when we are single, we have the ability to just, you know, what is it that I want? You know, if, if there's going to be consequences, I'm willing to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But again, it all changes when we have the, the blessing and the responsibility of children. How is this going to affect them? What's going to happen? And, and it's got to be more than just cash, okay? Who, who's paying for everything? There will be a way to get things provided for. You can't undo that emotional trauma. Right. nor should you. That, yeah. that yeah. they are going to deal with because you stay in a situation for cash. That, that's it. Or oh, for, I see what money, you're saying there, right, yes. Right. Yeah, and that's that's what I see happening more often than not. Lives get intertwined. There's, you know, what am I going to do if I leave? All right, how am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to take care of the kids? What is it? You can figure that out. The The main thing is let's get safe. Right. Let's get safe. Right, absolutely. You know? But it's, it's difficult for folks to sometimes make that move. Oh, I think it's know? always difficult to make those yeah. choices and decisions. And, and as we have talked before, all of these relationships started with love, mm-hmm. and that love is still there. So the fact that um, it may not, well, it isn't what you had hoped it would be doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it's just going to disappear once right. you walk out. Right. Let's talk about that. That's interesting that you said that, Claudia. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It all starts with love. That is something that we talk to uh, young people and grown folks about. Okay, uh, what is love? What is it? We know that it is a feeling. Here's where we take it at Regen Next. It is also, and I love this definition, an intellectual evaluation of the other person's character. So it is not just a feeling, because I can feel woo-woo about something crazy. You, you know what I'm saying? I, do. <laughs> I, 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 do. Can, I can be pulled. In and dealing way. with teenagers, they like are drowning in that. that that's mm-hmm. it. But intellectual evaluation, I need you to think and then evaluate based on what? Ah, I'm glad you asked. Based upon <laughs> all right, these building blocks that we give kids to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, those building blocks include um, things like similar values, okay? Communication. Can you not only talk to the other person, you know, are you being heard? Are you listening? (laughs) Okay. Are you listening when they're saying something to you? Um, 
compromise, um, not compromising, of course, your values. But everybody doesn't get their way all the time. Are you able to compromise both sides, give up something when necessary for the greater good? Mm -hmm. Uh, Respect. You know, what is respect? Uh, Something that's interesting. I start that. I, I ask that question of kids when we're talking about it. And it's really hard to define the word respect. But we all know when we don't get it. And we all know when we do. That's it. Right. So getting folks to really think about what that is. Um, uh, Community. Oh, (laughs) unselfish love. Okay. Mm. Uh, Social exchange theory tells us that no relationship really begins um, in a place of unselfishness. You step into things based upon what am I going to get from and you? And what do I want? That, yes. that, that's it. And mm-hmm. as long as I feel good because mm-hmm. you're meeting that need, then I'm here. Um, and that's any relationship. I, I think the easiest way to think about that is like employer-employee. I've got a skill set. I'm bringing it to the table. But I need this much money every week. <laughs> All right. Right. If you can't meet that, then I'm going to find it someplace else. From the employer's perspective, hey, you know what? I might be willing to give you this much money, but this is what I need you to do for me. And if you don't do that, then you're out. Okay. That's that's kind of how we start relationships <laughs> with people. What's supposed to happen is as we get closer together, as we see, you know, shared value systems, we're able to communicate, we're able to compromise. As we see these building blocks, it starts to move into a place of what can I, what can you do for me to, baby, what can I do for you? Right. You know, it's, it's you that I want to see happy. What, what is it? Not, not starting here. And here's the last building block, um, which I think may be the first, honesty, slash trust honesty and trust huge absolutely huge um i deal with um teen moms you know too i teach classes at at some of the high schools that have like programs for for teen parents and these girls these these young daughters man they um some of them are really reeling because they they've had children or they are about to have children with someone that they don't trust mm-hmm. their hearts they 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 know what they want they know what they hoped was going to happen but that's not it because they don't trust and you know without going baby we tell you you know don't don't right. go there don't right. do that until you know for sure um we try to teach through that because there will be future relationships but honesty and trust and that takes time to see if, if that's for real, anybody can spit a good game for a minute, you know, for, for three weeks until the prom, until, yeah. you know, <laughs> until they get what they want, which is where we started with this. Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. it. Um, honesty and trust, that's that takes time. So, again, before you lose yourself, you know, let's take the time to see who this person is and giving kids and, and grownups these building blocks. It, it helps you know, them to have something, a checklist that they can look at. And I love it. I adapted it actually for um, parents because a few years ago I was asked to, to, to write an article. It actually became my first public piece uh, or my first published piece. Um, but 
I adapted those building blocks for parents because I think it's important that we keep those in mind when we're dealing with our kids, not just romantic relationships. But it's, and, and let me preface this by saying too, I know I do not believe that parents are supposed to be the friends of your children. I, I, I don't believe that. We are. Maybe <laughs> we are, when they're 30. <laughs> there you go. When we walk through some shared things, you mm-hmm. know, experiences. Mm-hmm. But, but here's what opened my eyes to. It's not necessarily what we think as parents. It's what our children are perceiving. My daughter, she's 26 now. Uh, love, love the young woman that I see her becoming. Um, but when she was a senior in high school at our church, she was asked to be on a, a panel. And um, one of the questions, uh, one of the questions that they asked, it was a Mother's Day panel, was, uh, is your mom your friend? So I'm sitting in the congregation thinking, oh, I know this answer. She's going to say, oh, no, mom's not my friend. This and she sat there and then she said, you know, she is she's she's one of my best friends actually and and I'm thinking what that ain't what I've been saying (laughs) (laughs) weren't you listening (laughs) yeah but then um she was asked why and she said because she's she's always straight with me you know she always answers my questions and it's not always what I want to hear but Mm -hmm. she said I know that it's always truth and then you're back to honesty and trust yeah and I'm like Oh, she just schooled me. Yeah, you know, right, right, in that right. moment, and it's and that's what a friend actually is. It's not right. somebody who's always yes, 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 yes. It's somebody who's like, girl or or man, you know, right. <laughs> you know, boy, yes. you know, th- yeah. this ain't feeling quite right. right. You know, maybe unselfish love to be willing to say something they don't want to hear that, and risk, risk that they're not going to want to be there the next that's time. It. But yeah, so isn't important. isn't that what we should be? using those building blocks to build relationship with our kids too so honesty and trust um compromise which is some sometimes hard for parents to Mm -hmm. to do they think if i compromise you know i'm losing my place no actually that's what we need to teach them um especially when they get older um that was something in our house we had rules of the house rules of engagement things that you do but as the kids got older um, if there was a rule that they questioned, I always said, okay, make your case. Mm-hmm. And that caused them to think, and not just from emotion, okay, come at me, but put your thoughts in order and make your case. And I loved it and hated it at the same time when they actually won. <laughs> you know, they actually made it. I was so proud and just like, <laughs> but. I knew I had to compromise and say, okay, let's relook at this rule and, and let's make some changes. That's it. That's, that's how parenting can set our kids up for being able to have healthy relationships in the future and know what it is they're supposed to be getting from other people, too. You, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, th- yeah, so parenting is a huge part in this conversation of abusive relationships and where our children end up. I, I'm not talking configuration. Like I just said, we got hit, you know, divorce hit my house. So I was a single parent from the time that my kids were, well, 15 till today. Um, my, my daughter was 15 when that hit. My son was 10, almost 11. As far as stages of development, those are crucial stages for something like that to hit exactly. our family. Mm-hmm. So 
as a parent, parent perspective, kept me in what's going to get my kids through this hole, okay? I had my, my girls that I could, you know, throw things with and, you know, mm -hmm. fuss and, you know, and cry or, or do whatever. And there were times when, you know, we had to release emotion together. But parent perspective kept me in the place of never, ever tearing down their father. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and, and making sure that we that the focus was always on what's going to get the kids through this hole because what we did in that moment was going to set them up for future relationships and they have come through it both of them with hearts and minds open to what a long-term committed monogamous relationship what marriage looks like what covenant is and they're open to it because we taught through it and that, again, is just a, a prime example of unselfish love as you were focused on getting them through it mm -hmm. when you had to get yourself through it uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. So you couldn't always put yourself first, although hopefully on occasion you could. But self-care is key. To do it as a group. <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah self-care, you, you can't, you know, totally forget that. But... I, I'm sorry, the, the children, they do. They, they are the priority. And that's a huge um, part of deciding to leave a relationship mm -hmm. or to stay. And right. sometimes, uh, you know, that again is how do you make that decision so that it is best for everyone? That, that is it. And sometimes the decision is made for you. You don't have that's a choice true. in that. So how do you respond mm -hmm. in that case? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of that happening, too. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. I think we need like 16 more shows here. <laughs> this has been amazing. Please come back again. We would love to continue this conversation. Uh, yeah, we would love and to. Can you give us some of our of your statistics? How can people get a hold of you should oh, they want yes, to, to yes. explore this? Um, Regen Next. Uh, we have a website. We rolled that out in 2017, which is great. Regen, R-E-G-E-N-N-E-X-T dot com. Um, there, parents can find a lot of information, but students as, as well. We have quizzes and links. So on our quizzes and links page, um, there's a quiz how how do you know if you're a good partner mm -hmm. politically correct <laughs> here we go partner sure. mm -hmm. girlfriend or boyfriend is your relationship healthy we've got access to of course the love language test um which i love i had an opportunity to sit down with dr chapman um last year he actually came in and um was a speaker at our gala it was amazing just talking to to him, Dr. Gary Chapman, he's the one who created actually mm -hmm. the love languages. So, got some footage with him. Um, follow us, uh, yeah, my my younger people who who are on the team, not just the other educator, but our social social media person will be proud of me. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Oh <laughs> you know, that is um, regeneration underscore next. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, uh, Regen. Next is that uh, region next. We are actually trademarking region next, which is cool. That is cool. Um, yeah. Um, but if you just go to our website, there's a little icons on there that you can click if you can't remember the uh, other social media. That's terrific. Yeah. And we're going to be starting a podcast ourselves. That's great. Yeah. yeah. We're rolling it out in 2020. Actually, have pulled some uh, young people, millennials, actually, ages 26 through 38, I believe. Um, first group of folks who came through, uh, it's from a 
a group called Season of Singleness. Okay. Excellent. Very cool. They're millennials who have walked this process through, and it is, uh, they are faith-based, no doubt, no doubt about it. But what's cool about it is, um, you know, they've stepped in, they, they've tested waters. Right? They've mm-hmm. been out there, and they, and that's what life is at times. But it, it opened their hearts and minds, and they have made a choice at this point. And now what we are talking about is the real-life issues that they have mm-hmm. and, that, and that they had and how they are still trying to navigate this whole relationship thing you know what it is and successfully doing it that that's it by focusing not so much I don't think uh, from what I gathered from them not so much the um, relationship with other people but becoming whole right in in God first which Which is is, which is key (laughs) you know and to hear them talk about it I'm just like you kids I love you that's great (laughs) I I can retire I think (laughs) I think there will be (laughs) they will continue that's excellent Thank you again so much. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, dasasmi.org. That's dasasmi.org. Or call our hotline at 800-828-2023. We are here to walk alongside you. If you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it social media, email, simply telling someone about it, all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.